0: Here's a summary of The Path Out of Loneliness by Dr. Mark Mayfield in about 30 seconds. So if you know someone struggling with mental illness, maybe it's you, if you feel anxious or depressed, or maybe you just wonder if you're loved or valued, it might actually be loneliness, and that's a state of feeling unseen or unnoticed. Dr. Mayfield explains how loneliness entered the world along with the original sin of Adam and Eve, and how a relationship with God from there was broken. And we do things to try to fill that void by chasing things or achievements. And even if if we're fulfilled, it leaves us feeling more lonely than before. But there's help. Even if you feel like you're at the end of your rope, look inward and ask, how am I doing? Don't let social media dictate how you should feel. And recognize that something isn't right, and that's okay. Hey, I'm Andy. And the 30 Second Book Club podcast is a place for people who want to read and be in a book club but don't really have time to do either. I take care of that for you. And today in the book club, it's Dr. Mark Mayfield, author of The Path Out of Loneliness. So Mark, what I love at the beginning of the book, you just jump in with what is loneliness? And it can kind of seem silly that we need a definition of that. But I don't know, sometimes I think we have a hard time putting exactly what we feel. And, and is this loneliness or not? Language,
1: we create culture. And I think a lot of times we might compare ourselves to others' experiences and go, well, I'm not that, so I'm okay, mm-hmm. when we're really not. And I think just having this this basic definition of loneliness really helps, I think, free people up from, okay, I'm not feeling out of place or I'm not, this is normal right now. I should, it's okay to feel this way. How would you define loneliness? So I define loneliness as the state of being unseen or unnoticed, uh, relationally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, It can be driven by a lack of purpose, meaning, relationship and or identity. And I think the key here is it's marked by a deep sense of hopelessness, just that we, we don't have much direction or much hope for the future.
0: I think that's a that's a great definition of how a lot of people have been feeling and me in some points too the last year and a half right during covid been something
1: that I've noticed just in the field uh creeping mm. up more prevalent before covid but obviously lockdowns and isolation and that kind of stuff has, has really exacerbated it.
0: In your book, you mentioned that there's the biblical origins of loneliness. I thought that was kind of interesting. What is that?
1: I don't think this is a bad thing. We often read Genesis through a singular lens, right? When you know, Adam and Eve took of the fruit, sin entered into the world, and you know we've been fighting to get back into right relationship with God ever since. But I wanted to take a different look at it, and I wanted to look at it from a perspective of when that... Uh, the fruit was taken of by Adam and Eve. Obviously, sin entered into the world, but we we miss, I think, that the depth of that isolation and separation is what entered in. That was the death that Satan spoke of. Even though the you know Adam and Eve were thinking physical death, it was that mm-hmm. that separation. And when we see God walking through the garden, looking, you know, He asked the question, "Where are you?" I don't really believe He was geographically challenged. I believe. He truly he could not be in front of sin and really felt that separation and that isolation. And so, you know, we look at, I look at that as kind of the, the origin of loneliness. But one of the things I was always looking for is like, how does, how is the Greek and the Hebrew going to show the the word for relationship? And as I was digging through the Septuagint and the, the original Greek, there was not any word for relationship. The word I kept on coming back to was redemption through adoption. So how beautiful is that when sin, a separation and loneliness entered into the story there was the first time the word for redemption was was there as well and we see then the faithfulness of God to the calvary right and then to the empty tomb of that fulfillment.
0: So I thought this was kind of I've had this struggle in my own life and I think a lot of people have in in the book you talk about the lie of success Mm-hmm. And how you have to define it, and I think so many, so many of us have a hard time defining it. So talk a little bit about that, and how if we don't define it correctly, it really can, it can make us lonely. And
1: I think there are so many things in our in our current culture that are exacerbating this idea of loneliness, right? And and mm-hmm. we're chasing things, thinking that that's going to fulfill us. I remember uh, watching or reading an article once about this billionaire uh, about not being satisfied with the money he had. He was afraid that he was going to lose it all. And all he was fighting for was the next hundred million dollars or whatever. And I'm sitting there going, You have billions of dollars and you're satisfied. (laughs) I don't get that. But it's this idea of we're chasing things that we think are going to fulfill us. As we chase those things and we achieve them, they don't provide the fulfillment or they don't provide that. That uh, engagement with what we thought was going to make us you know whole and and in turn, we sit in the midst of what we were chasing, and we find that we're even more lonely than we were before and so this definition of success is I just really challenge our our the readers to go, okay, all right, you know if you're chasing wealth, that's great, but what's the end all be all?" If you're chasing notoriety, that's fine. What's the end all be all? And I think a lot of times we're chasing things because we don't want to sit with the fact that we're not known and we're not seen and we're not valued the way that we want to be. And so when we get to the end of what we're chasing, we're probably more lonely than we were before we started chasing it. And so I really just, and i work with a lot of teens and families. And so I really have mom and dad go, you know, let's, let's define success for our families so that our kids aren't chasing things that are going to leave them relationally inept or relationally ignored.
0: So later on in the book, you talk about that the greatest commandment in the Bible can get us out of this loneliness epidemic. And I just love how you just kind of keep going back to the Bible, things like this. And you know, we know this, but it's always kind of nice to say, okay, the Bible was meant, it wasn't just for back then, it's meant for now. And there's applications now. So talk about that a little bit.
1: And this is where I, I just really challenge Western Christians. You know, it's great to listen to our pastors do that, but listen with a critical ear, listen with some skepticism, and go back and study the scriptures for yourself. And I think that's where we we get lost sometimes. And don't just read the English definitions. There's a lot of great resources online to dig into the Greek and the Hebrew, because I think we really gain the depth of understanding in that. And that was where I was unlocked for me in the greatest commandment. We read that through kind of a list system, Western list system. Love God, check, love our neighbors, check, you know, love ourselves. I'll get there. Some and as you read that, the word the second is like it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as your, you know, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. The second is like it is the Greek word homoios, which means equal to. And as you pull back, you I think we we need to rethink the list system and look at it more as a as a as a cycle, a cyclical system that our relationship with god our relationship with our neighbors and our relationship with ourselves is in that cycle and if any one of those is lacking the the cycle actually gets out of balance but in the midst of that cycle right either over the cycle or in the middle of the cycle is the triune god i think we often go okay if i love god really well i love my neighbors well great but when we don't love ourselves equally we can't, I honestly believe we can't love God and love others well. And, and I think we're lying to ourselves. And so we have to put some, some stake and some focus into ourselves in a way that is honoring to who God has created us to be in the image of the triune God.
0: Okay, so now we just talked about how we shouldn't do lists, but I did like the list at the end of the book, the okay. three steps to get out of the loneliness journey. So uh, let's unpack that. So just go through each step and let's talk about what that looks like.
1: And that's the thing is I think... That's where I think, as far as our our own um, brain needs steps, right? So what are, mm-hmm. what are we going to do to engage the the coming out of loneliness? And I think it's it's this idea that we've got to look introspectively into ourselves, right? We've got to be vulnerable in our own in our own story. And I think a lot of our our caregivers, in such a way that we want to be doing things all the time, right? We want to be looking at our neighbor, looking at our friend. We want to be engaging that those things. That's great, but we're not going to do that unless we actually take care of ourselves first. And so I think one of my biggest things with anybody that I work with is this not a formula, but you know the first step is going, asking the question, how am I doing? How am I doing honestly? And and journaling, if somebody's a journaler, if somebody likes to however people do it. Mm. Like Ask the question, how am I doing really? And taking stock of that. And if I'm not doing okay, like that's scary for a lot of people to to say that I'm not doing okay, but it's to reaching out for help. One of my favorite uh, counselors in the field is Dr. Irving Yalom. And he talks about this idea that it's okay to have a paid friend sometimes. And I think sometimes (laughs) that's where we go because we've been been burned by friends around us or by people in the church. And it's not an accusation, it's just sometimes what happens. And so sometimes we need to find somebody outside of that to, to walk with us. And so a counselor might be the best place to start. But, you know, finding a Christian counselor, right? And that could be scary too. And so, you know, I've got resources for individuals if they're looking for that kind of stuff. They can always seek me out on on my webpage. But so being vulnerable, but then being teachable. Once we're vulnerable, right? Once we say, okay, how am I doing? Being teachable means there's things that I don't know. And if there's things that I don't know, who is going to teach me in walking through these next steps? And I think that's a big piece as well, being teachable. And then just... I think putting ourselves out there, walking through, if we've been through it and we've gone down the path a little bit farther, we got to turn around and begin to help others uh, walk through this. And I've had people frustrated with me on this book because like, Mark, there's no formula on how to get out of this. I'm like, there really isn't a formula. It's these these things that we do as we become more like Christ that lead us to the, a greater awareness of ourselves and others and where we fit in. Even if we are farther down the path, it doesn't mean we're not going to fight bouts of loneliness. I still fight with bouts of loneliness, but it's this pervasive loneliness that I'm talking about that we need to figure out ways to get out of.
0: All right. So one last question. I was just thinking about if someone reads, buys this book and starts reading it because they are looking for that path out of loneliness and they're at that place where they're, and you share incredible stories of your life and other people's lives where, you know, you're just kind of at the end of your rope. Mm -hmm. So if someone's at the end of the rope today before they even crack open the book, what's the first thing that they can do just to start that getting path out of loneliness?
1: They've already done it to be really encouraging, right? If they're mm. listening to this and they're like, okay, something needs to change. That's the first step. Mm. I think it's that recognition that something's not right. I think in our Western culture, our Instagram, Facebook culture, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, whatever else you want to throw in their culture, we, we portray and put our best selves out front. And I think there's that that misconception that that's how we have to live our lives, and it's not true at all and so I think that's the first step to be honest is that recognition that okay, something's off, and if something's off, that doesn't mean I'm broken, that doesn't mean that I'm beyond repair, that doesn't mean that there you know there's no hope. it just means I've got to do something about it and so that first step is just that recognition. And then it's going okay. Can I call up a friend? You know, do I call the radio station and get connected with a pastor? Do I call, you know, a church that's close by? Do I, you know, look through uh, and find a counselor? I think that's the biggest piece because we a lot of times, you know, are in the echo chamber. We 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 think that we have the answers, but it's just our voices coming back to us. And so getting out and getting some other opinions and perspectives is going to be huge in helping us figure these things out.
0: You've probably read a few time management books, or at least you wanted to, but you don't have time to do it. Well, this is a way to manage your time the way Jesus managed his with a biblical antidote to swamp to-do lists and hurried schedules. The book is called Redeeming Your Time, and Jordan Rayner is the author of it. He'll be in the 30 Second Book Club podcast next week.